We're married to the mission, not the method or not the model because we can get so hung up on how, like how we're going to get this done. And we forget why we forget why we even started what we're doing. We forget what it is we really want because we're so stuck to this one way of doing it. And I think that, you know, we serve a God of abundance and he has an abundance of ways that, and creativity. Welcome back to the Jesus Coffee Yoga Podcast, where we sit down with yoga instructors and fitness instructors and teach you how to take your next steps in your business to build the business that you love working um, around the life that you want to live. So this is part two of our discussion on goal setting, where we're going to talk about how to actually put a plan into place for the goals that you set. Now, if you missed part one, go back and listen to that, because that'll help give you context for what we're discussing here and then come back and listen to this one. So in this one, we're gonna talk about five things that you should avoid when building your plan to hit your goals. So Kristen, I would say you're really good at, at setting goals and you've helped me even think through like ways to, to do planning and goal setting. Where would you say a lot of people get hung up on when it comes time to actually putting a plan into place to hit the goals that they set? Yeah, I do love setting goals. I think that it's vital to our business, but even just to like us as people, like if we want to grow and get better, I think that we have to be intentional with where we're going. We have to know where the target is if we're just going to throw the dart and hope it hits something. We don't even know where the target is. So where I see people getting hung up a lot is um, fear of failure. And then also just a lack of what we would call like reverse engineering. So they may know what they want and they may even know like kind of how to get there, but like they just look at it on a, such a big scale that, that it's kind of loses its day to day. Like, is this working towards that goal? So I would say they kind of get lost in the bigness of it. Um, and then also just that fear of failure. Yeah. And that, that can be a really big one. And we'll do a future episode on on that, on fear and overwhelm and, and all that, but um, it definitely does keep people stuck. And a lot of it too revolves around looking at the goal so far off and not breaking it down into smaller pieces. And that I don't want to get uh, jump ahead, but that's that's one of the things that we're going to avoid. But it's a little bit like saying I want to climb Everest, and you're just looking at the peak and you're letting that the thought of getting way up there stop you from getting started when really you just need to break it down into smaller sub goals say this is where i am this is where i want to go to get there first i need to get to this spot and then i need to get to this spot and then i need to get to this spot and when you break it down into smaller goals it's just much easier to hit and well and you even think about like if you want to cl climb mount everest like you also have to figure out like you have to learn what kind of gear do i need what kind of things do I wear? What 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 is what kind of training do I need to have? And so, the, all of that is part of. So, if you're looking at, you know, launching something for your business, like you need to learn what it looks like to connect with your audience in the ways that they're receiving that. You know, like it's the little nuances along the way as well that can kind of marry into your goals, your your big bigger goals. And also, you already touched on it that you need to know where you're going in order to come up with a plan to get there. And it's sort of like saying, Hey, I want to go on this trip. So I need directions on how to get there. Well, one, if you don't know where you're going, that's not possible. And two, if you don't know where you are, that's not possible. So you need to know where you are and where you're going to come up with a plan to get there. And it's kind of like, if you're going to go on a trip, you can't just go to the airport counter and be like, can I get a ticket? And they're like, sure. Where do you want to go? I'm like, I don't know. Where do you think I should go? <laughs> like you need to know where, where you're going. 
in order to come up with the plan to get there. Yeah, or like a road trip. Like you have to map out where you're going, map out your stops, do all of those things. And here's the deal. Like if I don't know where I'm going, why would I expect other people to get in my car and go with me? So if we are as leaders leading people to things like like they don't even know where the car is going. So of course they're not going to get in. So I think having it in front of you and bite-sized ways to get there, your gas stops, your pit stops along the way, it's going to naturally want more people. They're going to want to get in your car with you and travel with you where you're going. Okay. So I thought the best way to go about this is to actually talk through how you go about setting goals, Kristen, because our audience are, there are other yoga teachers and it would just be really helpful. I think to not only hear like, Hey, do these things or don't do these things, but here's how I actually went about setting my goals for this year. So why don't we start with that? Like walk us through what were your goals for 2023? And once you picked them, how did you go about putting the plan into place? Yeah. So usually towards the end of the year, at the time of this episode, we're at the end of the year. I'm kind of doing that mental like review, like just kind of how things were, what was working, what wasn't. And, you know, like we talked about in part one, just really evaluating where I'm at and where I want to go. And then I think this is the important one is I'll, I'll have a conversation with God about it. Like, all right, God, where do, what do you have for me to do in this next season or in this next year? What does this look like? And then it's up to me like to take that step and allow him to lead me in those ways. And so like, for example, at the end of last year, I knew that I wanted to lead more retreats. I knew that that's where I wanted a, like a main source of my business and income to come from. And so I had to look at like, what does this look like? Is this, you know, reasonable for me to even look at? And so I decided to lead, to set a goal of one retreat per quarter, which was going to push me past what I had done in the past. Cause at that point I had only led one, like I've done little local, like one days, like type stuff, but like an actual, like we're traveling to here retreat. And so I had to kind of set that, you know, in front of me, this is something I want to do. And the reason I want to do this is because of these things. Like I want more time freedom. I want to increase my income. I want to impact people on a deeper level than just a one hour basis. I want a whole weekend with them. And then one of the other things I wanted to do was send out an email once a month. I wanted to start an email. My goal was to start an email for my personal um, students and outreach. And then I wanted to start a podcast. So those are my three big goals for the year. And in January, I pretty much set a date for all of them <laughs> and some of it changed and some of it, uh, we had to kind of pivot or we, it, some, like my goal to start an email did not start in January because life came at me hard this year. But in November I started my email and not only did it just feel like really good, like, okay, we just did that. Like, it wasn't perfect. It wasn't awesome, but we did that even though we could have easily and like nobody would have blame me for not doing it. I could have easily just been like, eh, I'll start it next January. But in that one email, I had several people sign up for my upcoming retreat. And it wasn't even the focus of the email. It was just in there, which meant people read the email. And so that was kind of cool. Um, and it kind of just reminded me like the goals I set in January don't have to start in January, you know, like, like I can still do them. And so I think just having them out in front of me helps like knowing where I want to go. Like I know I want to do these things and kind of knowing why. And we've talked a lot about clarity. Was it episode one where we talked really about getting clear about what you want? I think that's really important too. 
and then just saying, okay, all right, God, like, let's do this. Let's go. I'll step. And you just order my steps, which means sometimes I step left and he's like, nah, get back over here. You know, like just not being so like, this is how it has to happen in my mind and just being open-handed with what I feel like God is giving to me for that year. Okay. So I, I heard several things in there that I, I want to discuss, but one of them is this was a year. Well, let me back up. There are there are seasons where what your business needs is change or it, it's like something what's what's going on is not working. I need to change something or it's a season of like pouring into a certain aspect of your business. And it might be a season of pouring more into what is working. And for you, it sounded like this was a season of uh, changing some things that I wouldn't say was not working, but it was just focusing on maybe growing in a few other areas that would further I expand um, your reach. So our first point today is that you want to avoid changing things that don't need changing. That's right. <laughs> if it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> and you can be honest about what is broken, but there are things that maybe feel boring but but it's working well. You don't don't change it just for change's sake. If it's working and really working, you know, if it's bringing in money for your business, if it's bringing you joy, or maybe it's bringing you time freedom, like put more into that and, and grow that even further. Don't change it just because you're bored. I have an example right here um, about being honest about what is broken. Um, back in twenty two, so you're right. In twenty three, it was more about just pouring fuel on what was working and kind of shifting focus. So like I brought on four new teachers this year within the last calendar year. And I poured energy into them. So I stopped teaching quite as much and just kind of shifted my focus to retreats and my teachers. So that was 2023. But in 22, about the middle of the year, I flipped my business model on its head and it was risky and I was scared and I didn't know if it was going to work. Um, I went from having a consistent income, like what wasn't working was the membership model um, post pandemic before pandemic. It was fine, but like post pandemic, it was hard to get people to commit to paying, you know, a hundred bucks a month or whatever for a monthly membership because people were cutting back so much. And so it wasn't working. It wasn't thriving. So like we were keeping the doors open, but we were scraping. And so I decided in June of 22 that we were not going to be a membership based studio anymore. And we're only going to lead with series. So we are a full series based studio. And that's really okay. So like June to July, like scared, scared, scared. Like I, so then I was like, you know what? I'm going to decide what I want to teach. I'm going to decide what I want to charge. And that was kind of the onset of me having to pull or getting to pull back and just getting to teach what I want and then pour into other leaders, other teachers as they grow. So they now had space to grow and they could teach at a lesser rate as they're learning, right? Which was great for our students. So in that, like there was, it was, I was, had to be very honest because I didn't want to be honest about it because I didn't, but I had to be honest about what was broken. But if I did that this year, that same tactic and tried to say, okay, well, we're going to reinvent the wheel. That would really hurt my business right now. Cause we're in the baby stages of blooming, right? Like we're just sprouting above the, the soil at this new model and this level. Cause we're only a year and a half ish into that new model. So I think that's a, an example of don't fix it if it's not broken, but it's okay to be honest about what's broken. Yeah. And something that stood out and what you just said too, is not being stuck or rigid in the how. 
So I've heard heard you say this multiple times, we're married to the mission, not the methods. And I think that's a really clear example for you that you're still, your mission is still the same, but the how had to change. And even though you had set certain goals at the beginning of 2022, you weren't just stuck in that and you're like, well, I'm going to wait until 2023 to, to make changes. No, you decided because you really felt strongly the way you were headed was not sustainable and you decided to make that pivot. And I remember that pretty clearly because we were just discussing it and then talking about making a pretty scary change. So I remember having those conversations and how scary it was for you, but just realizing like you, this was a decision you, you had to make. And as scary as it was, you decided like now's the time. And uh, just talk a little bit more ab- about that. Yeah, I love that statement. I think it was my pastor who originally t- taught it to me. Like we're married to the mission, not the method or not the model. Because we can get so hung up on how, like how we're going to get this done. And we forget why. We forget why we even started what we're doing. We forget what it is we really want because we're so stuck to this one way of doing it. And I think that, you know, we serve a God of abundance and he has an abundance of ways that, and creativity. I think that it's an invitation to allow God to use our own creativity to say, okay, like, okay, I can't do this. Instead of that, it's how can I do this? Because I got to that place where I was like, this isn't working. I can't keep going like this. So instead, you know, all right, God, like, how can I do this? What can I do with what I have right now? Like, we're all trying to dig our way out of this pandemic hole, right? Like, but um, I think that if we can just recognize that there are there, there are times when it's like, okay, the mission is still clear. It is, you know, to, to empower people to live free on and off their mat. Like that, like I want to help people feel 1% better every single day, 1% better. But the way that I'm doing that will change as the needs of our community change. So I think being rigid in our method is definitely one thing that we should avoid. Hey friend, love that you're listening to the podcast. If you ever wanna have the video version of this, you can check them out on our YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube and search for Jesus Coffee Yoga. Sometimes it's nice to have faces with the voices, so check that out if that's what you're into. And if not, keep enjoying the show. The next thing that we need to avoid is setting too many goals. Now it can be, especially when you're all excited about the upcoming year and like, oh, there's just, you know, this is gonna be the year, right? I'm so excited. I can do this and I can do this and I can do this and oh, I'm going to do this. And like, we can really set ourselves up for failure by trying to tackle too much. So when you've got this big list of goals that you want to do, you have to start looking at like, which ones have the biggest impact. And it's not necessarily financial, like that that's important. And maybe you're in a season where like that is the the key driver, but it could be in fun, it could be in joy and peace, it could be in time. So, you know, the things that just overall have the biggest impact on your life right now, those are the things, the things that are going to move the needle in your business and in your, in your life. Those are the things to focus on. And some of that other stuff can just wait until next year. Yeah. This is a common problem. I think, especially as we're looking at new year's resolutions and all the things. Um, and actually I'm about to lead a retreat in a few weeks and we're actually going to go through all, and I'm going to teach people how to set goals. Cause it's so easy to be like, well, I want to change this. I want to lose weight. I want to make more money. I want to quit these things. I want to do all these things. So I'm actually going to take them through it like an inventory list, um, and the different areas of their life. They're personal, spiritual, financial, all of that. And I'm actually going to have them find the lowest number and we're going to start there. So we're going to work with two to three things that we want to work just for the overall person. 
But if you noticed when you asked me about my, my goals for my business, I had three. I had three things. It was so easy to remember, like those three things that I wanted to do or launch or start at, for this year. And it's so much easier to focus on just the three. It doesn't mean the work is easier. It just means I'm not, everything else is kind of falling aside. So if it doesn't increase retreats, if it doesn't, you know, help me find more space to, to write my emails, whatever it is, like, it's so much easier to get like shoo away distractions. But my focus overall for this year was to build health in my business. So like just to be candid for the next year, it's my marriage, my relationship with my husband. And so that makes goal setting so much easier, so much different. So obviously I'm not going to maybe do 10 retreats where I'm traveling a lot. Right. So like you can see how they kind of play off each other, but like having that overall focus. So if we're talking about business, you know, set, set the, the three, I would say three is plenty. Like that's a lot. <laughs> and then start to build them out from there or like reverse engineer or micro goals underneath the umbrella of the bigger goals. Yeah. And I think that's a good segue into the next thing to avoid. And that's avoid setting it and forgetting it. Now, a lot of people will do that. They'll create this big list of goals and then they don't come back to them. And one thing that will really help you hit your goals is if you set them and you come back to them frequently. And not only that, if you break them down into smaller goals, it's you're much more likely to achieve those. And it's much easier to come up with the day-to-day, -day, you know, having quarterly goals and monthly goals and weekly goals and even daily things that, that all lines up into those goals can really, like you had said previously, it really helps you filter out um, the noise and to make better decisions. Does this help me towards these goals or not? And by having those in front of you and broken down like that into those goals can really help you hit them. Yeah. So we'll use like um, my goal of leading four retreats this year. I just kind of decide like, when do I want to do it? So I knew I wanted to do about one per quarter. So I set, I set the times and days like I'm like okay I look so I literally looked at my entire calendar and was like all right in the first quarter when would be the best time to set this first retreat so I looked got the dates worked around kids birthdays all the things and I just put it out there put it in front of me and here's what you also need to know is one of them got canceled because of a pretty big life event that happened for me it just didn't make sense like to try to squeeze it in there it was overseas or um international and I was dealing with too many things here. So I actually canceled that one. So the one that I originally put on my, if you'll vision board per se, I ended up not doing, but I was like, all right, so where are we going to make this up? And so I ended up doing two in one quarter. <laughs> and so, um, which was fine, but I, I still, I didn't just like let it go. I just was like, all right, we're married to the mission, not the method, right? Like the method isn't going to work for me to do this in April. So I'm going to do it in June. And so just kind of when, like, when am I going to do these? And I wrote it down. And where, where am I going to do these? I put out some ideas. It doesn't mean I scheduled out the entire retreat, but it was like, all right, I want to go here in January. I want to go here in the summer. I want to go here. And then just kind of looking at like, how, how will I measure if this is successful? How do I know whether to cancel the retreat or change something? And just kind of put those, I, like, I just got really clear with the numbers. Like, here's what I need to make on each retreat. Uh, and then kind of work backwards from there. So it helps me decide like if 
if this is how much my budget is going to cost for, I was telling you before, like my lodging for retreats is it eats up about half my budget. <laughs> like it's the biggest expense on my, and so I know that though. So I know that I need this much for this and this much for this. And so I go ahead and just make like kind of pencil that out. And I think having it somewhere, um, as, like you said, having it in front of you. So maybe that's in your journal or your, your, um, like your calendar, or I have mine set up on like right in front of my desk on a little whiteboard. So I see them every day, every single day I see them. And I've even done like a little, um, vision board, um, on like Canva, or you could do it on any app where you can put pictures. And I printed that out and just stuck it up. And so like I had little pictures of what I wanted to do and I just got to mark them off. And so having it in front of you is really, really good to help you avoid setting and forgetting. Yeah. And you'd mentioned to make sure that you're doing quarterly. You know, so maybe talk through that. Like it can be pretty overwhelming again to, to have this big goal. And if you don't break it down, like I have, I want to do four retreats. You don't break it down. You're not paying attention. All of a sudden it's August. <laughs> Are you going to do four retreats in the next three months? or, you know, whatever, by the time you plan it, you know, and all that, like, that'd be pretty intense. But by breaking it down and planning it and saying, all right, so in this quarter, I want to go here. And in this quarter, I want to go here. And, and maybe you don't always know exactly all the details right away. So in January, you don't have to know where you're going to go in October, but you can at least have the date picked. And maybe you set a reminder in like June that, hey, I, I by now I need to pick. So there's this cascade of, things that maybe you're going to do later in the year. You don't wait until the, that part of the year to do it. There's still some planning and things. So, so I think maybe talk through like, how do you, how do you think through that and planning out like, what do I need to do for those things in quarter three or quarter four? Like maybe, maybe quarter two, I have something in there to like, Hey, I need to start thinking about these things. Yeah. Well, so you start with, you know, like we talked about, like I want to do four retreats. Um, and it really is so much easier to like, stay focused when you're not trying to do like five things at one time. So like, I didn't forget, you know, that I have something coming in October. I didn't need a reminder because that's what my focus was. It was having those ready. Even if I don't know all the details, I still want to have something where people can put a deposit down and save a spot or whatever. Um, but then, so breaking it even down into monthly, and this is where my goal of you know, starting an email came in. So my goal was to start sending out one email per month. Like, doesn't sound like that lot, uh, like that much or a whole lot on like when you just hear like, oh, it's one email, but it, it takes time to do those things. And I'd rather send one email out imperfectly and unpolished and all of that. Like I'd rather start it and send one email out than not do any at all because ultimately it is. So that would be like a monthly goal. Right. So I have my, my annual four, four a month, one a quarter. So there's my quarterly goal. My monthly goal is to do this. And even like for daily things, I think this is where like your social communications would come in. So, uh, any of you guys that follow me on Facebook, a lot of times, I mean, like you can go back and just look through my last 10 posts and see if you can kind of feel what, where I'm, where I'm sending you, even if I don't say it directly, like look at my reels, look at my posts. Cause a lot of the things I talk about are things I talk about in retreat. They're things that I want people to hear me, like hear what I'm saying. I want them to engage with that because that's when, when I go to invite them to retreat, they're going to remember how they felt when they read those words. And so you can kind of just feel an overall like theme of my day-to-day -day interaction with the social world, if you will. 
So those are a couple things. I could probably get a little more tidy with that goal of like, I'm going to post one thing somewhere every day, like just a daily goal or five times a week or whatever. But that's an example of what a daily goal could look like for your big goals. Yeah. And I think too, I don't want to spend a ton of time here because uh, it could probably be its own episode, but you're also good at time blocking. And I think that's a concept that more people could benefit from. It's one that early on when I left corporate, like again, I, the pendulum swings the other way, right? Like life was so structured that way that when I left, it was like, I had this newfound freedom and I could do whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted. And I was like, woohoo, freedom. And I'm going to stay in bed all day. <laughs> well, not that, but like, I just didn't plan, you know, just like whatever I want to work on, I'm going to work on. And I had a, a coach that I was working with during that time recommend doing this time blocking thing. And I struggled with it because one, it, it felt restricting again. Um, but I found that over time that there's freedom in the structure, that it's the structure is what gives me the freedom to, to do what I want to do because I've already thought through and planned the important things. And I know that the important things are getting done. That really frees up my mind and my soul even to, to enjoy the time off. Because when I didn't have that in place, and I'm still, that's still an area where I'm still kind of growing and working, but I've gotten better at it and, and I'm less anxious because I know that the important things are on paper. I've got it planned. I'm going to get them done. And so I'm a little less anxious and like worried that I'm missing something or forgetting something important. So talk us through like a yoga teacher, like how could you benefit from time blocking certain things uh, in your daily calendar? I'm with you. I could probably do a whole podcast on this because I, I just believe in it so much. And I was trying to think as you're talking, I was trying to think of the scripture that talks about essentially discipline equals freedom. It doesn't feel like freedom in the moment, but like discipline, if we lead disciplined lives, then we have so much other freedom. And we see this in many ways, like our finances and things like that. But your time is like the one thing you can't make more of. You can make more money. You can make more humans. <laughs> you can make, I mean, you can literally make almost more of everything, but you cannot make more time. And I think that I have just this, like time is sacred to me. And I know this is a harder concept for people, maybe like you're saying, like who have always just been told what to do with their time. Like if you've worked a traditional job, nine to five, clock in, clock out, right? I haven't um, since... I was like 20 years old. So we're going on 20 years. I haven't had a, a boss. So I had to learn and time is money for me. Like as a hairdresser, like the more clients I could see, the better I was managing my time, the more money I made. So what, what that looks like for me is um, one of my goals, my personal goals is to take a 24 to 36 hour sabbatical once a quarter. So there's your quarterly goals again. And I've talked about this a lot, but I also do this daily. So this is something I do daily. I have my work hours, which is usually about nine to about noon. Those are my green. I call them my green hours. I feel really good. I have the kids at school. I've done all my morning things, you know, working out or teaching early morning classes. And I have, so I have my work hours. So I have my personal hours, I have my work hours, I have my rest hours. And this is the one that I think that so many of us, you know, could benefit more from. And again, this could be a whole nother podcast, but every single day I have a chunk of time where I turn my phone off, I turn my brain off. And so when I'm, you know, working hard or doing all the things I know in my head that I've got rest coming. So I'm going to push a little bit harder, right? So I know um, I need to do all this housework, but I know that comes later in the day. It's the same thing for your business, like setting aside that time. So Mondays, I don't work. Mondays are my day off. If I want to create and I'm feeling in the flow, I'll do it. 
but I don't, I don't teach classes. I don't take calls. I don't do accounting. I don't do anything on Mondays that I don't want to do. So I have that, but I also have that for, you know, like right now, even like Thursdays or podcast days, right? Like these are when we get together. This is, you find those rhythms that work for your life and you build it in. So have an accounting day, like, so that you're not just trying to do a little bit every day. Like just say, Hey, Mondays, that's the day I'm going to sit down. And I'm going to square up my checkbook or whatever your version of a checkbook, you know, Tuesdays through Wednesday and Thursday, those are teaching days. I only teach on these days, Fridays I'm off or whatever. And so build that in with your goals set in it and, and take some time. You know, we've even mentioned this, like taking time regularly by regular. I mean like at least once a quarter to, to take a day, a whole day where you turn your phone off and you just go dream and you, you just seek the Lord for what it is. What's next? Where are we at? Is this working? Do we want like have that time a day? That's why I love retreats y'all because people leave fired up. They get away from the world long enough. It starts coming back and they start getting these fresh ideas. And that's important when you are the boss, <laughs> when you are the one running things, fresh, creative, innovative ideas are so important, but you have to schedule it in. Like you have to. And if, if you're not a full-timer, so like I could hear maybe some, some yoga teachers thinking like, well, you know, that works for you. Cause like you do this, this is your full-time job, but I only do this part-time. Like, well, I would still say this is important to do. Just maybe the timing of it is different. So maybe you set aside, Hey, on these days, on this, this time before I go to work, I'm going to work on these, these needle movers, these things that move the business forward. So you can still schedule that in. It just maybe doesn't look like, you know, here's my whole Monday when like every day doesn't have stuff, you know, if you're part-time, maybe you just have smaller windows, but you could still greatly benefit uh, from doing this. Yeah, I think our brain just likes chunking it. Like it, your brain can rest when it knows this is coming or this is already like, I just think it's our brain really likes that. That was something that actually really helped me um, once I gave, gave in and, and tried it was that part of my anxiousness and that this feeling of like, uh, I can't get it all done was that everything was just swirling around in my head. But once you, if you, if all you do is just get it out and get it on paper, that frees up your mind. It's not trying to hold all this information now. It really brings a lot of freedom. Even if that's all you do is just get it out on a piece of paper in a list. That leads me to another thought that I had. A bonus avoid is to avoid productive procrastination. And that kind of ties into to that by not having these time blocks. Sometimes you might sit down and just be busy with stuff just like, oh, look at um, I'm, I'm being productive. But if you're not doing things that move the business forward, and not that everything you do does that, like accounting doesn't move your business forward, but it needs to be done. But if you're only doing that stuff and you're never doing the things that move the business forward, you're not going to move forward. <laughs> like it's just not going to happen. So avoid only doing the easy things to, you know, avoid doing the harder things that you don't really want to do because they're harder. Um, and they're scary. <laughs> Yeah, the things that are harder or scary, like you need you need to to do that. And the final thing to avoid is avoid doing things that are not in alignment with your current season of life. So whether it's because you saw someone else do something cool and you want to do that now, or if it's just something you've always wanted to do, or for whatever reason, it's something you're like, I, I want to do that. But it's just not a fit for where you're at right now. That's not a great thing for you to pursue this year. So one example might be, if you're a stay-at-home mom and you want to do a bunch of international retreats, that might not work when your child is like two and not in school yet. That might work 
when your child's three or four or five or six, you know, older. So it might, it's probably not a no, it's just maybe just not a not now. So like Kristen, what does that, what does that look like in real life um, for you? I think that's right on. Cause I remember, um, back when I first started teaching being like the immediately, I was like, Oh my gosh, I want to do this. This looks so fun. Um, leading retreats, like people, like people were like, they wanted to buy land and put a retreat center. I'm like, that sounds awesome. And here I am seven years later, just now starting this endeavor, but my youngest is now nine. So he was two at the time. And so that would not have been a good fit for my family. It would have been really like straining for my family, um, because he wasn't in school. And at that time we had just moved to another place. We didn't know a lot of people. And so I think it's really, really important to avoid, uh, doing things that aren't in alignment with your current season. And this kind of goes back again to getting really clear about where you're at and where you want to go right now for right now. Um, and then also like Things that are he- like if you're walking through like say a grievous season, maybe this isn't the season to keep adding more and more and more, um, so that your heart can truly have time to to grieve and to heal. So that you know maybe now is not the time to launch five new classes or a whole bunch of new teachers at, in that that time, right? So I think this is a really important one, and I think it often gets overlooked. Because it's kind of like, well, what do you want to do? Let's set that goal. Let's do that. Okay, let's go. And we're like, but is this really the right time? Is this really the season that you want to be doing those things? Um, here's what the the, the trade off is. Because there's always a trade off, right? So yeah, that's exactly where I was about to go. Is that you want? I mean, goals need to be stretching. Like they should be big enough that it pulls you out of your comfort zone, um, but not so big that it like crushes you. <laughs> so like finding that line of this is the direction I want to go, but maybe I can't go this big this this soon. So with anything in life, there's a trade-off. Like there's never a, a, a best answer. There's never a perfect solution. It's always a trade-off. Something has to give. And and I think in different seasons, the, like, the thing that gives can change. There might be certain seasons where you do work a little harder and a little more, and maybe you are a little less available at home. But that needs to coincide with, if you're married, with your spouse, if you're both in a season of that, your home life is going to be a wreck and like your marriage is going to suffer. Your relationship with your kids is going to suffer. So I don't believe in a true work-life balance. I believe in an ebb and flow and that there's seasons of running a little harder followed by seasons of maybe pulling back a little bit. And that's an area I I need help in. That's an area that I need encouragement in and uh, I need to, to work on is that I tend to just keep the pedal to the metal and red line until like my body just gives out. <laughs> like eventually something's going to give. And if you can be proactive about it and smart about it, you'll avoid c- catastrophic failures. Yeah. And I think that goes back to, you see that as an area that needs to change. And so taking that into account and just being honest about what does need to change, where we said, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, but be honest about what is broke. Um, I think that take that into account as you look at the year to come, what are some more ways that I can build in more, like you said, just like fun time, enjoyment time, like where it's not, everything is just your job or your work and build your goals or cast your vision around that. That's the beautiful thing about what we do is we get to, we like literally get to choose what we do, who we read, all of those things. Like that's a gift. And I feel like so many people are stuck where they're at because they're not sure what their next step is. They're not, they're afraid to take the next step. Maybe they know what it is and they're just afraid to take it. And it's like, but you guys, we've been given this gift to be able to use what we love and what has been such a gift to us personally and share that 
and make that our business. Like it's, I think that's really freaking cool. The caveat here is that some people will use that as an excuse to just not do something or not start usually out of like fear or, or overwhelm. It's for the, the wrong reasons because there is no perfect time to start. I didn't make this up. I heard it from someone. I, I don't know who, where it's a little bit like waiting for all green lights to get to your destination before you leave the driveway. Like that's just not a thing. You just leave the driveway and you go. And if you hit a red light, you stop and you wait. If you hit construction, you take a detour. Like you just, you just got to go and got to start. So don't let this stop you. Don't, don't, don't avoid starting something or changing something for the, the wrong reasons. All right. So to recap, we want to avoid changing things that don't need changing. We want to avoid being rigid in the how. We want to avoid setting too many goals. We want to avoid setting and forgetting. And we want to avoid things that are not in alignment with our current season. I have one more little tiny bonus uh, avoidance. <laughs> uh, let's avoid doing it alone. I think you get all of this information, even the last couple of things that we've shared with you, and it feels overwhelming. It's like, okay, now what? Okay, so like, let's avoid doing it alone. For one, we're going to seek God. Remember, we're going to seek God. We're going to uh, get accountability. We're going to hire a coach if we need to, or get in a coaching group. Um, and that way you can get some feedback. Like if you're, if you have somebody saying, Hey, this is too many things for you to work on, or, Hey, I think you could actually slide the scale back a little bit. Like having someone who's not attached, who's much more objective. They're not emotionally attached to your life and situation, um, to give you that, that feedback and that guidance. Um, and so what does that look like? You know, as we're taking our next step and just side note, we actually lead a course called Next Steps, and we have one coming up. And if you want to get on that wait list, go to christiansdoyoga.com forward slash next steps, or you can find it in the notes below. And then I want to leave you with one final call to action. Like I want to challenge you to take this step, and that is schedule a time, put it on your calendar, block everything out, and I want you to sit down and make your plan. Okay. So based off what we've talked about in this 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 podcast and then the episode before this in part one, you have the tools now to do what you need to do. So now I'm just going to challenge you to go do it. So friend, thank you so much for joining us for this episode. I hope you learned something. I hope you found it helpful. And if you did, would you please share it with another teacher who could benefit from this? We love that we get to provide all this for free and help our fellow yoga teachers. We don't do any ads. We don't have sponsorships. Like the only way this grows is if people share it, the word of mouth. So we would love it. It would mean so much to us if you could share this with people to help us get it in the hands of more teachers just like you and potentially change someone else's life. Also, if you find this content helpful and you haven't already, could you leave us a review on whatever app you use for podcasts? It really helps spread the word, helps more teachers find us when we have those glowing five-star reviews. Thanks for being here and we can't wait until the next episode.